You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode number 117. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and I am so happy that you are here. Uh, I'm also so happy that we are wrapping up another year. I think 2020 will be one for the books. I think most of us are going to have stories that we're going to tell our kids and grandkids for many, many, many years and decades to come about this year. Um, But I, for one, am excited. I'm excited for 2021 and what it's going to bring. And so today on the podcast, I wanted to dive into a very timely topic of New Year's resolutions. Now, back, way the heck back, uh, episode number 13, way the heck back, in 2018, I recorded um, a podcast episode, episode 13, on New Year's resolutions. And in that episode, I gave really great advice, if I do say so myself, about how to think about New Year's resolutions and how to go about breaking them down into actual action items that you can achieve during the year. And a funny thing that I was, that just came to mind right now, um, I, one of my superpowers is being able to take big concepts and to break them down into like simple steps, break them down into, into like, do this first, do this second, do this third. And that's one of my superpowers. And I learned this year that that was one of my superpowers, which is, it's kind of funny. I think sometimes our gifts, we we just kind of think that that's how everybody thinks. Like if it comes easy to us, then we just think, oh, it must come easy to everybody else. And this year I learned that, that one of my, one of my gifts is being able to break down things into really simple, actionable steps. And that that isn't something that everybody is really good at doing. And I had an experience, we're going off way on a tangent. Well, I'll get back to New Year's resolutions, but I want to tell this story. Um, So over the summer, I went to a mastermind for business where we get a whole bunch of us business owners together and we just work on our businesses and talk about business and brainstorm and um, do lots of, of awesome things to grow and scale our businesses together. And we had a personality expert come in and he talked about different personalities and their strengths and weaknesses. And he was able to kind of run through with each of us, uh, some of our personality and our personalities, um, strengths and weaknesses. The way that he, um, like, uh, classifies people is based off of one of the ways he classifies people is based off of seasons. And so he has what's called the summer season, the fall season, the winter and the spring. And then in addition to that, there can be, um, in between people. So you can have like a summer fall or you can have like a fall winter person. And each of those have unique personality traits, um, and characteristics. And I, he labeled me as a summer fall. And as he started going through some of the things (laughs) that, uh, or traits of a summer fall, uh, my jaw just dropped because he just started spewing things that were just like 
totally me. Um, talking about making lists and liking to check things off of lists, talking about liking things to be in order, things to be sequential, um, taking big concepts and breaking them down into small steps. Uh, all of these things that I kind of just always assumed was the way that everybody saw the world. And I'm learning that it's not. And what a wonderful thing is that it's not. We all have different perspectives. But I I guess it was, I was in my 30s when I realized that like people saw the world differently than me. And uh, that's one of the things that I've really embraced this year is recognizing that, you know what, some of the things that are easy for me, being really sequential, being very logical, being very action oriented, being a checklist type of person, that all comes very naturally to me and it doesn't come naturally to other people. And so as I've understood that and recognized that and been able to step into that a little bit more, uh, it's been such a, a beautiful place to be able to serve from, this place of my strength. Um, so I, I tell you that story because I go back and I listen to episode number 13 and that strength of like breaking things down into steps, action items, very logical, very like um, time oriented. It, it comes out in that, that episode. And it's a really great episode. If you haven't listened to it, go back and, and listen to, um, th to that process that I teach back in, in episode 13. I actually even have a free guide that walks you through setting your own goals and breaking them down and, and making them really actionable. So if you go to the, uh, our show notes at bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash 13, you can snag that free download as well. So then here we are two years later, and why the heck am I recording another episode on New Year's resolutions if I've already done one? Well, first, because as I continue to evolve and change and level up, I have new and different perspectives, but, and, and I want to continue to share those with you. And so when I go back and I listen to episode 13, I see the very logical, practical, step-by-step um, -step process that I shared. And it's great, and there's a lot of value to it. But I have new things to share that are a different focus than that podcast episode I recorded two years ago. So while many of the principles that I taught there, are, they're consistent and they're unchanging, I have some new perspectives that we can talk about with the process. The second reason that I'm sitting down to record another episode about New Year's resolutions is because many of us are not in the same position that we were two years ago. To be honest, 2020 has been a year that has changed a lot for, for a lot of you listening. And if you are new to me or you haven't been around for a long time, maybe you don't know my love for goals. If you stick around, you'll, you'll find out. I love me some goals. Um, and one of my favorite podcast episodes that I've ever recorded is episode 92, where I talk about the mistakes that women make with goals. So many of you guys have reached out to me and said that that episode really changed how you looked at goals. So in episode 13, I talk about the doing aspect of New Year's resolutions. And I used to set New Year's resolutions in the, in the past, like I'm going back many years ago, as a bunch of process goals. And if you don't know what a process goal is, or you don't know the difference between a process and an outcome goal, I teach that in episode 92. Um, but I used to set New Year's resolutions as a bunch of process goals. They were very binary. They were very checklisty, very summer fall. In fact, I remember... One year, this must have been, oh gosh, 10 years ago, I actually, one new year, set 52 goals for the year. And I actually kept a blog and I had like all of the 52 goals written out. They were very specific of like, do this thing or like accomplish this for this many days or whatever. And I checked them off throughout the year as I accomplished them. So in the past, I have set New Year's resolutions as a bunch of these process goals. And that's great. And again, I think we all should be setting 
process-oriented, binary-specific goals. I think that's really important. And now I want to layer into, in this episode, talking more about the being part of setting goals and specifically New Year's resolutions. And I think New Year's is the perfect time to talk about this because one of the big differences, I think, that there can be between just a general goal setting and the way that people think about New Year's resolutions is that New Year's resolutions are more about casting a vision for your life, like a broad vision for who you want to be, how you want to up-level, and how you're growing as a human and an individual. And so I titled this episode, Should You Set a New Year's Resolution? And I want to help you answer that question. And of course, if you've been around here for any time, any period of time, you know that I'm going to do that. I'm going to answer that question by asking another question. And that question is, do you want to grow? If the answer is yes, then goals must be a part of your life. Now, if you don't desire growth, cool. That's awesome. There is no need for goals. There's no need for New Year's resolutions. In fact, you probably just can skip the rest of this episode. If you're just not somebody who is desiring growth, then this really isn't going to be for you. So that means if you're still here and you're still listening, I have to assume that you answered yes to that question, that you do want to grow. And what I want to offer is a process to help you think about your New Year's resolutions in a slightly different way. Okay, so we're going to dive into uh, not really steps. I I hesitate to call these steps, but um, just maybe like ways to think about this process, different different perspectives to take. And so the first point that I want to make, because I did I did label these out in points, right? Like we got to be we got to be organized. We got to be have a list. So I have a list here. So the first question that I want to ask as you're thinking about New Year's resolutions and as you're thinking about the goals that you are setting is what results do you desire? I always say that my goal is to help you reach yours. Whatever whatever your goal is, no, no one gets to judge your goal. Nobody gets to tell you that that's a good goal or a bad goal. It just is your goal. And I think in our society right now, we like to judge. <laughs> We like to judge other people and we like to say, oh, that's a good goal. That's a bad goal. Or she shouldn't have that goal or she can't do that or she shouldn't reach for that or whatever. And I think there's a lot of judging that goes on with the goals that people set for themselves. And I, gosh, I want to get away from that. I think that whatever goal that you want to set for yourself is an awesome goal. And I always say that really goals are about who you want to become. I I feel like you set goals because you become someone different in the process of setting and reaching for that goal, not necessarily because of the end result. And I think that's where, especially, and we can even bring in this conversation around diet culture. We maybe you've been uh, you've heard as much about diet culture on Instagram and people talking about how it's so bad and how women don't need to change themselves to be more worthy. And I am one hundred percent behind that. You do not need to change a single thing of you to be more worthy or to be more enough or to be more whole that you are a hundred percent worthy, a hundred percent whole, a hundred percent enough right now without changing a single thing. And at the same time, we can still strive to set new goals and to reach for more and to become somebody different and to up-level ourselves. And to me, that is the point of a goal is to reach for something that is so big that it requires you to become a different version of yourself to reach it. So 
I get this from a lot of women all the time, especially when we start talking about fitness goals and aesthetic goals, where they say, you know, they're kind of embarrassed about what their goal is because they say that it is vain or it's shallow. And I think it's really important to ask yourself that question if that's been a thought that you've had of like, this goal is vain. It's vain according to who? Who, who is judging that as vain? Are you judging it as vain? Is someone else judging it as vain? And asking yourself that question and recognizing where is that, where is that judgment coming from? And if you can change your perspective, um, first of all, who gets to decide if something's vain or not? And second, again, this is about not even the end goal that you have set, but who you become in the process. And so some goals that maybe people would label some aesthetic goals as vain or shallow, when you start to recognize that it's not really about the goal, but about who you have to be, the person you have to show up as, that is really the point of the goal, in my mind, that, that shifts the focus from the end result to the journey. And I think that there is value in a journey towards any goal that you want to set. So when asking yourself this question, what results do I desire? What do I want? What do I want for my life? I want to offer a thought to you. And that is, if you desire something, if you want something, if you have a a thought about setting it as a goal or maybe achieving it, that inherently means it's possible for you. Desires are indications for things for which you have a built-in ability to accomplish. I believe that desires are a signal from God a signal from your higher self, from universe, whatever you want to call it, for areas of evolution and growth. And so we don't, most of us don't go around having desires for things that, that aren't really possible. Like I don't, I didn't wake up this morning and say, Hey, you know what I want to do? I want to go play for the WNBA. Like that's not even a desire. (laughs) It's not even in the realm of desire for me. And so the things that I do have desires for, I believe I inherently have the ability to accomplish them. And I'm curious if you've ever considered that. Because I think a lot of times we have desires for things. And then, like I said before, we start judging them. And we start deciding, even ahead of time, is it possible? Are we able to do it? What are people going to think if I do this? What's going to happen if I try it and fail? Wait, so we think, start thinking about all of these things around the result or the desire that we have. And I just want you to come back to this place that your desires are already an indication for things that are possible for you. So if you have a desire, that means you can accomplish it. It is within you to accomplish that. Now, if you start to ask yourself, what what do I want? What results do I desire? Especially as we go into a new year. What do I want in 2021? What do I want to accomplish? What do I want to do? in 2021. If you start drawing a blank, sometimes I get this way where I'm like, I don't know. I just don't even know. I remember my husband asked me that question as I was starting my business. He's like, what do you want this to be? And I was like, I don't know. I'm just like building the thing, but I don't really know where it's going to go. If that's where you're at, where you're like, I don't really know what I want. I don't really know what I, what I desire in life. I love to ask myself the question. If I knew I couldn't fail, what would I want? And so maybe thinking about 2021, if you could literally speak the words and it would happen, 
and that you wouldn't fail, you would be 100% successful, what would you want? What would you want in 2021? And I think that's a great question to ask ourselves because a lot of times we couch our goals based off of what we think we can accomplish rather than actually what we actually want. And when we can come back to this idea that the fact that you have that desire means you are capable, means you can achieve it, we can start to realize that we don't need to, we don't need to set smaller goals. We don't need to set quote unquote achievable goals. What do we really want? If you couldn't fail, what would you want? That's a really powerful question to sit in and to be. And those people who sit in that question and live life from that question are the ones who are the people who you look at and you're like, man, they continue to up-level. They continue to improve. They continue to to become a, a different person. It's because they continue to push that envelope of what they believe is possible for themselves. Okay. Thought number two, when you have figured out what result you want, what your desire is, what you want to create, the next question I want you to ask yourself is who do you need to be? Who do you need to be to get the result that you want? One of my mentors, Jim Fortin, teaches a model called the be, do, have model. Now, most people think life think of life in the do have be model. So, and what, let me break that down a little bit. What that means is we think about life as when I do something, it will cause me to have the result, which will cause me to be a certain way. For example, when I count macros, so that's a doing, when I do something, I count macros, I will lose weight. So that's something that you'll have. I will have weight loss. And then I will be happy or I will be confident. So we think of things in a do, which makes us have things, which makes us be things. When in actuality, it's flip-flopped. The being must come first. So it is not the being that comes last. It is the being that comes first. So what does that mean? It means being happy or confident now is actually what drives you to do the things you need to do to have the result you wish to have. Be, do, have. The being comes first. And this is revolutionary because rather than focusing on the doing, when we focus on the being, on the identity of the person who has the results that we want, the rest takes care of itself. Think about it like this. It's almost like there is a boat and there's a hole in the boat. And so water is leaking in and you have your, your pail and you're, you know, scooping up water and you're tossing it over and scooping up water and tossing it over. You can work really hard. You can work super hard and you can even work faster than maybe the water is coming in and sometimes feel like maybe you're catching up and, and you know, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to sink. but The doing, you can do, 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 and it's never going to really fix the underlying problem. And so until you go and actually patch that hole, you can do all the doing in the world and it's never going to actually fix it. And I think of that in terms of um, what we want to create and the results we want to create in our lives. We can do a whole lot of doing. We can focus on goals. We can focus on action. We can focus on taking steps and moving forward and all those like action oriented things, which I love. Don't get me wrong. I love a good action oriented plan, 
we can do a whole lot of doing. But if we never go below it, if we never go down to the who we're being to the being who is doing the doing, we aren't going to actually solve the problem. And I find this a lot of times with people in fitness goals and in fitness journeys that they reach a level of success and then they revert back. They revert back. They yo-yo back. They revert back to who they were. And the reason is, is because the doing may have changed for a time, but the being didn't change. They didn't step into that, that new identity of who they were being in that moment. So thinking about who do I need to be to achieve the results I want is an awesome question to ask yourself. Who do I need to be? What type of woman gets this, these results? What's, what, what type of woman takes the action in order to get this, re, these results? Again, the doing is important. We have to do things. Like You have to take new actions to get new results. What got you here will not get you there. That is action oriented. However, underlying every single action that we take is who we are being in that moment. And when we start to ask the question, who do I need to be? Who do I need to become to be able to make these results possible? That is a powerful place to start your transformation and journey from. Okay. And then thought number three is how can you be intentional about your thoughts and your state of being? This idea of who are you being is a really nice one, but it can feel hard and intangible. Like how, how do you be? And that's how my like very action oriented mind is, is like, okay, so that's great. Now, how do I be like, what do I need to do to be, (laughs) which is so funny, right? I just go straight to the action. And maybe that's how you are like too. our minds are really good at doing. We, we have a much harder time conceptualizing being consider that what you do is an indication of the type of person that you are being, whether it's consciously or subconsciously. So we can look at the actions we're taking, the doing that we're doing as kind of a um, delayed response to who we are being. Okay. It's a little bit of like a clue uh, that we can gather as to who we're being. And behavior, so actions that are incongruent with your identity won't last. This is where I talk about how you can do it for a while, but then you always default back to the identity. It's because there's that leak in that boat. Until you actually address the leak, until you actually address the identity and shift the identity, all of the doing in the world is not going to actually end up creating the results that you want. So when we talk about being, it is an internal state. Nothing needs to change in the external world for your internal world to change, your internal state. So this is why I talk a lot about transformation happening from the inside out. Because it starts with an internal state. You decide to be happy or be confident or be wealthy or be successful. A funny story, interesting story about being successful. I had a coach at one point for my business and you better believe that like coaches have coaches. I'm a big proponent in coaches having coaches. So I was talking to my business coach. And I mentioned something about wanting to be successful. And she, she like stopped and kind of looked, give me like this look. And she was like, you realize that you, or I said, I want to be a successful businesswoman. And she said, you realize that you already are a successful businesswoman, right? 
And I just had to stop and pause and recognize that, yeah, heck yeah, I am a successful businesswoman. Like I, for some reason I hadn't, um, accepted or stepped into that identity, but I, I am, I am already successful. Now, does that mean that I don't continue to try and grow the business that I don't continue to try to serve more clients? No, I can be a successful businesswoman right now. And I can also be working to increase our revenue, to grow the business, to, to serve more people. Like the, both of those things can be true simultaneously. So being is an internal state. I can be successful. I can, I can be a successful businesswoman before I've even made a dollar because being is an internal state. It has nothing to do with what the external reality is. And so you can decide at any point to be happy. You can decide at any point to be confident. You can decide at any point to be successful, to be wealthy. Being is a state. It's not, it's not an action. Okay. So the best way to kind of check on your being is to become aware of your thoughts because your being, who you're being influences the thoughts that you end up having. And if your current thoughts don't match who you want to be, then that's the point where we can start to change your thoughts. We can start to shift those thoughts and we can start to step into the type of woman that you need to be to get the results that you want. Now, I I know we're going a little like a little woo woo here, a little deep, but I hope you're following me because this is such a, this is such an important, valuable lesson that I've, that I have learned myself in my own life. And then also as I help clients to step into the identity of the, of the woman that she needs to be in order to get the results that she, she wants. Okay. So let's take an example because I know this can feel very esoteric. It can feel very ethereal. And I, and I do want to ground it a little bit for you. So let's take this example of being confident because this is a, this is what I'm going to hear a lot. When I ask women, you know, what's your goal? And they tell me, and then I say, you know, why do you want that? Or what is that going to do for your life? And a lot of times it will boil down to increasing their confidence. And maybe that's you. Maybe you feel like the changes that you want, they stem around this desire to be more confident. So being confident is a state of being. And so a good question to ask yourself is how will you know? How will you know when you are confident? What, what will tell you that you have reached confident, that you are being confident? Another question to ask yourself is what would the confident version of myself think when she looks in the mirror? Right. If, if, if I'm Amber and then there's a confident version of Amber, what does that confident version of Amber say when she looks in the mirror? What would that confident version of Amber tell herself when she enters a room? What would the confident Amber think when someone questioned her eating decisions? Okay. And so staying in those questions of like, what would the confident version of me do? And then starting to do those things to be that woman. If you think, you know, the confident version of myself would look in the mirror when I got dressed and say, you look dang girl, you look good now. And you don't certainly do that now. Right? So how do you actually get to be that confident person? You emulate that you stand there in front of the mirror and you look at yourself and you say, dang girl, you look good. And it can feel at first uncomfortable because your brain's going to be like, no, you don't. 
You are not there yet, sister. But the whole point of this exercise is to step in the into the being, into the identity of the woman that you need to be, who will then create the results that she wants. Remember, it's be first. Be, then do, then have. Okay, so those are some of my my big thoughts for you around New Year's resolutions. And like I said, episode number 13, very action-oriented, very like linear, very do this first and think about this and set this kind of type of goal. And in this podcast episode, I wanted to go a little bit deeper. I wanted to go into some of the stuff that matters, that really matters, but that we don't often think about because we get so caught up in, in the doing. And I really want to invite you as you step into 2021 to think about this question of what desires do I have? What results do I want? And who do I need to be? Who do I need to become in order to make those happen? And then the last step of how can you be intentional about your thoughts and your state of being and step into that version of the woman who is able to have the results that you want? How can you step into confident, the confident version of you, the successful version of you, the version of you who loves herself? What would that look like? And as you step into 2021, thinking about who do you want to become? Who do you want to be in this upcoming year? Being, yes, influences doing. You gotta, you, like, you cannot get around the, the, the fact that we live in a 3D world where you have to take action to get results. That is part of the process. But if that action comes from a state of being that doesn't align with the long-term results that you want, you'll never be able to keep those long-term results. And so the fact that you're listening to this podcast means you want long-term sustainable results. You wouldn't be here if you're just like, I just want to lose 20 pounds as fast as possible and then gain it all back. You wouldn't be here if that was you. So the fact that you're listening here means that you want long-term results. And if you want long-term results, changing your identity, stepping into that person that you need to become is part of the process to make it a lasting long-term change. So I'm excited for 2021. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for myself. I have some new goals that I'm working on, some New Year's New Year's resolutions that I'm working on that I'm going to actually share next week on the podcast. So if you're interested in how 2020 went for me, I'm going to share a little bit about the goals that I set and how I did on those goals during 2020. And also my goals and ideas um, and plans for 2021. Make sure that you tune in to next week's episode and I'm going to be sharing what worked and what didn't work in 2020 plus what I'm going to be doing in 2021. Before we go, will you take a quick moment to go and leave a review on iTunes if you have not yet done it? I know a lot of you have, and I'm really grateful for those of you who have taken the time to read a review or to leave a review. I read them um, and it really, it just gives me life knowing that there's people on the other side of this podcast learning and listening and um, growing because of the podcast. So please, if you haven't yet, take three minutes, leave a review on iTunes. It really helps the podcast and it helps me out a lot. And last, as we wrap up this year, I just want to take a moment and say thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing the podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this community. I love what I get to do and I love that you are here doing it alongside of me. 
That wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember, my friend, you can do anything. Hold up, sister friend. Do you love Biceps After Babies Radio? If so, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. I know every podcaster wants you to leave a review, but it's because those reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And I do truly want to know what you think. If this particular episode resonated with you, will you also please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your friends and family why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at biceps.after.babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.